Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, thank you so much for your word that it never turns back void. <clears throat> thank you for the account, Lord, of, um, of Moses' life, Father, and, and the Israelites and your interaction with them and that um, you just proved yourself that you are God, Lord, and you do that all the time. And I just pray you'd help us to hear from you, Lord, not just today from your word, but every day, Lord. Uh, just lift up, uh, again, just all the different churches and the communities, that you'd be with them in a great way, Lord. And uh, just thank you so much, Lord. I pray for those who can't be here today. I uh, just pray for them again, that you'd bring healing to their bodies from colds and different things, and, and uh, that you'd just continue to um, show us what it means, Lord, to be in love with you, because you love us so much, God. And uh, just thank you so much for um, the opportunity to be uh, in the presence of your people, Lord. And uh, we just praise you and give you all the glory. Just ask that um, what you want to teach us today, Lord, that we wouldn't miss out on what you have for us, Lord. Even my kids who are in service today, Lord, and that you would just, uh, just, um, yeah, Lord, just have your way. Just thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, as, you know, we finished Galatians and um, going through, uh, you know, this, this account of the birth of Jesus and what led up to that and stuff, and um, just been praying about, you know, what God wants us to go through next. I'm going to, Lord willing, I'll have another book of the Bible by next Sunday that we'll go through. Um, but uh, today, uh, this is something that kind of, this came to mind because it's something that occurred with me this week, this last week. Um, and uh, the title of today's message is Not Alone. And I don't know if you've read Exodus 17 before, um, but uh, this is after um, the Israelites were set free from Egypt, and um, the Lord had uh, called Moses to be the leader of his people. The Israelites were God's people. Um, they had already gone through the Red Sea. Um, God had given Moses this, this rod of the Lord, the staff of God, and um, it symbolized that, you know, the, 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 the power and, um, uh, of the Lord in, in Moses' hand. And it, it was the staff that he raised up that parted the Red Sea. The Lord used this staff in Moses' life quite a bit. In fact, in the beginning of Exodus 17, this section of Scripture where the Israelites were in, in this barren place, and they had no water, and they started complaining and tempting God's, you know, uh, in, in, tempting God in regards to them not being, trusting Him and stuff, and, and they, they really wanted to kill Moses, and it's like, why'd you bring us out here? And this is even after all the miracles that had happened, and, and uh, the Lord, you know, told Moses to use this, this staff that he had and um, connect with this rock and water flowed out, and that symbolizes the outpouring of this movement of the Holy Spirit. Water in the, a lot of the times in the Old Testament, references to the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. And so all of that occurred prior to this. And in verse 8, it picks up um, where there's this uh, group of people called uh, the Amalekites. And, and uh, did I say that wrong? I know it's uh, Amalek. And um, they just randomly wanted to uh, come against the Israelites. 
And we'll see here what occurred in this battle between the Israelites and this and Amalek. And uh, so we'll pick up Exodus 17, verse 8. And it states here, and this God's word says, Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in, in, in Rephidim. And so um, historically, we know that Amalek is the descendant of Esau. Um, the Amalekites chose to be an enemy of the Israelites. Um, in Deuteronomy 25, verse 17 through 18, it says this, and this is how Am Amalek despicably came against the Israelites. Um, Deuteronomy 25, 17 says this, Remember that Amalek did to you on the way as you were coming out of Egypt, how he met you on the way and attacked you and attacked your rear ranks, all the stragglers at your rear, when you were tired and weary, and he did not fear God. So this is the way that, that Amalek had attacked the Israelites. And, you know, the saying goes, sucker punch, right? Where you're not watching and somebody just comes up and, and, and hits you. This is basically what happened. Like, in, in, there would have been women and children, all the stragglers, the slower people would have been, and this is millions of people that are traveling together. You know, they... they, they the, I think it was a million. I didn't count how many. I don't want to misquote the amount of people, but it's a lot of people. And um, anyway, so there's all these stragglers behind. And so Amalek came and, and basically pillaged the, 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 the um, stragglers that were in this group. And this is after they had came out of Egypt, after um, they had gone through the Red Sea and all these miracles that they'd seen that God did. Now, it's important for us to understand that <clears throat> Amalek is a symbol of our flesh, of, of our fleshly nature. Um, throughout the history of Old Testament, um, the Amalekites were uh, the enemy of God's people. Um, the flesh is always warring against the spirit, and the spirit is always against the flesh. Galatians 5.17 says this, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. So there's always this war against the Spirit of God. That's our flesh. And so Amalek is a symbol of the flesh. Verse 9 of Exodus 17. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. It's important for us to know, too, not miss out on this, that Joshua means Jehovah is salvation. So the name Jesus is simply the Greek way of pronouncing the name Joshua. It's the same name. It's fascinating if you look at how Joshua is used by God and in, in, amongst his people. There's a lot of correlation in regards to Joshua being this leader and, 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 and this, this, this person that, that brought uh, God's people through so many different things towards the end. He's the one who led them into the promised land. Jesus is the one who leads us into his promises. He's the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father but through him. And then we see here that, you know, Moses made mention that he was going to go to this hill and that he was going to have the rod of God in his hand. So the rod of God in Moses' hand, this this mingling of humanity and God's amazing divine power. And it's important for us to understand too, you know, uh, uh, and I, I've said this in some messages before, is that we can 
sometimes um, separate ourselves from people that are in the Bible because we look at them as being great or used by God in great and mighty ways. Because, you know, last time I checked, I haven't seen somebody grab a stick and part a sea and have a bunch of people go through it. But it's important for us to understand that these are just human beings that God decided to use like you and I. Moses was, you know, if you know the history of Moses, you know, um, he, he was brought into Pharaoh's family because his family feared for the life of, 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 of him as a child. His mom put him in a basket in the river and, 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 and Pharaoh's daughter picked him up. And so Moses grew up in, in, in Egypt and he was in, the, the, in, in, in Pharaoh's family. And, 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 and the Israelites were slaves for hundreds of years under, under Pharaoh. And so one day Moses saw this thing happening with this Israelite and, 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 and Pharaoh's guards and, and Moses killed a man out of his anger. And then he, he fleed in, in shame and, and fear and went into the wilderness. And that's where Moses, God met Moses in a burning bush. And I'm sharing this with you because it's important that we understand that as we may seem that we're simple people that might not be able to offer God anything, but God is just waiting in for us to be willing. And even in the middle of Moses' frailty is when God told him to go and speak to Pharaoh because Moses petitioned to Pharaoh to let his people go. Moses was not a good speaker. And he gave his brother Aaron to him to help speak. And so in all of our life, when we go through circumstances and situations and, 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 and we can have you know, dire things happen to us or emotional breakdowns or frustrations or whatever it might be, today's message is to let you know that you're not alone and that God has people in your life to help you along in this walk. Because if I stand here and preach out of this Bible in the frailty that I have of my mind and we can't apply God's word to our life for us to actually have something tangible in our life pertaining to the true and living God, then why are we here? See, the other day, my wife, you know, I was, I, 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 was, I don't know what it was, but I just broke down weeping because of just different burdens I have. And I wrote in my journal, Lord, I'm just overwhelmed from my head to my toes. And then my wife called me randomly. She's like, I was thinking about you. And then I just, I, all of it came out all over again. She's like, Brian, you have men in your life. Why aren't you reaching out to them? There's men in your life that you need to trust with who you are. And have them pray with you. Have them lift you up. And so, probably the one of the, you know, I, I listened to her and and um, I reached out to a few men, and one of them called me and we prayed. And after we were done talking and praying and. He mentioned this section of scripture, actually paraphrasing it. And I thought, okay, Lord, you know, what do you, like I said, what do you want us to teach about? What do you want me to talk about? Where do you, where do you want me to go in the word? And the Lord's like, share what you experienced. 
So I'm going to keep reading this, but I want you to know that God wants you to know that you're not alone and that there's other people in your life that want to be your help. And we'll see here that even this mighty man of God who is Moses, who was used in miraculous ways, leading these people out of bondage and parting the Red Sea and striking the rock for water to come out and and all of these different things. Let's read, continue on here. Verse 10, So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. So we see here that Joshua chose men to go battle against Amalek. Moses, along with Aaron, who was high priest also, who was his brother, um, and Hur, who some think uh, Hur was Moses' brother-in-law, these three men all went up to the top of the hill to be able to overlook the battle. And they went to the top of the hill so that they could see the battle and so that they could be seen by those who were in this battle and also so they could pray. Verse 11, and so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. And so this raising of the hands, this is, was prayer to God. For Israelites to raise their hands was a position of prayer. So Moses wasn't up there, you know, like a symphony conducting them. They, he, his hands weren't lifted up to try and tell them where to go. He was lifting his hands up, praying for God's people. We don't know exactly what his prayer was, but we know by God's word that he was there praying. See, it's important to understand that God's always in control and he'll always accomplish his plans. But personally, me, myself, I've heard it said that nothing happens without prayer. God wants us to be talking with him. He wants us to be praying. He wants us to to lift up those around us. Even in the midst of, you see, Moses, you know, um, told Joshua, and this is the first time in the Old Testament, in this section of scripture, Joshua comes on the scene and and, and this is the first time that, that the Israelites went to battle. And before, it was always God doing the work. Like, you know, it wasn't Moses who separated the sea or Joshua or anything. And so the, the, we see this scene where now God's people are actually having to, 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 to interact with what God wanted them to go do against the enemies of the Lord. And, 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 and what happened, it wasn't just by might nor by strength, but it was by the spirit and power of the true and living God that they would succeed in this war. Verse 12 says, But Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone, being they being her and Aaron, and they put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and her supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady, until the going down of the sun. So here you have Moses laboring in prayer, interceding for Joshua and the army of the Lord, and his arms getting heavy, unable to continue. Just like in our lives as Christians, our lives get heavy, and we're unable to continue. We need others around us to support us. 
And you may be thinking to yourself, well, how hard is that for someone to pray? Well, I might get a little bit in your mix here and ask you, how hard is it for us to come and pray? When's the last time you dedicated your life to prayer? When's the last time I dedicated my life to prayer? Do you know how many times I actually reach out and ask my brothers for prayer this last year? Probably five times. You know, the first time that my wife said this was the other day, not the first time, but when she said this the other day, it was probably the first time that I just said, yep, you're right. Because as human beings, especially as men, we, we think we can do things on our own. And this isn't a sermon for men's ministry. This is just a reality as human beings. We believe we're self-sufficient and God did not design us to be that way. And I'm not trying to be heavy-handed about prayer and that you need to be here all the time praying, but I'm just saying that this is a legitimate reality that without prayer in our life and without having other people pray for us and without us relying on the power of the Holy Spirit, it's impossible to operate as a Christian in this world, let alone overcome the battles that are in our lives. See, we see this amazing picture of these men supporting Moses, coming alongside of him, lifting his hands for him. Why? So that they could look great? So that those who are in battle go, oh, look at the posterity of our leaders. Oh, they're so amazing. No. So that Moses could continue in prayer. So it is in our lives that we need others to come alongside of us and lift our arms up so that we can continue in prayer. Verse 13, so Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. It's amazing. God will blot out all of our enemies, whatever it might be. The day of the Lord, when the earth passes away, when we stand face to face before God, every tear will be wiped away, every pain, every hurt, every disease. He's our hope. And even in the middle of our battles, like we see here, you know, we can't just go through life and go, okay, God's going to take care of it. God, God requires action of us as well. Just like with the Israelites and this enemy Amalek, it wasn't just prayer, it was prayer and action. A Christian's life without action in the Lord is a questionable Christian. I just want to encourage you guys today that God has a plan and such a plan to use you. Rely on the strength of the Lord. We need to humble ourselves at times and ask people for prayer. God's word says it, where strength, where, where, that my strength, that his strength is made perfect in my weakness. Paul wrote about that. He said, so I boast more about my weakness all day long. It's amazing here in verse 15, Moses built an altar and called its name, the Lord is my banner. Is the Lord your banner? 
is the Lord my banner? Or am I my banner? Or is my job my banner? Or is my ability to communicate standing in front of people my banner? Or is, or is, because I'm the lead pastor of a church plant in Olivehurst my banner? Is my marriage my banner? You know, I, there's so much promotion online about things that are happening in churches. And I wasn't going to say this, and I don't know where this is going, but, you know, I, I have a background in sales, and sales is all about promotion and gaining approval to close a deal. That's all it is. Whatever tactic can be used, however great you can communicate something, and God has made so many people talented to be able to do that. And I just pray that our church isn't, as a whole, isn't missing the mark. Is the Lord the banner of the church or is the success of the ministry the banner of the church? See, in this situation here, think about it. What was the banner over these people, Moses and Israel, and this, this, this statement that, that the Lord allowed him, the Lord is my banner. He didn't say, Moses didn't say, I am the banner over Israel. The staff I hold is a banner over Israel. Joshua is the banner over Israel. The fact that we succeed is a banner over Israel. He didn't say that, oh, because we got out of Pharaoh's grip and, and is a banner over Israel, or because the Pharaoh and all of his armies were, 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 were destroyed inside of of. of of the Red Sea, that's not the banner of Israel, but the Lord is my banner. What banner is over your life? What flag are you flying? What are you promoting? What represents your life? It's so easy for us to say all these different things represent us when God is really just knocking on our door saying, hey, I'm the reason. It's amazing. Verse 16, for he said, because the Lord has sworn the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. If you go through the history, even to First and Second Samuel, it's like these people were always against the Israelites, but they were blotted out. Commentator David Guzik says this, we see examples of God's power and man's effort working together. Joshua fought, Moses prayed, but only God gave the victory over Amalek. In it all, God received the glory. It wasn't Israel in, is my banner, or Moses is my banner, or Joshua is my banner. Rather, it was Yahweh Nisi, the Lord is my banner. We sometimes are even more aware of the power and the help of God when we work together with him than we are when God does the work all by himself. Jehovah Nisi came after the battle with Amalek, not after the dead Egyptians at the Red Sea. See, God is tangible, and he's alive, and he's active, and he wants your relationship with him to be tangible and alive and active with him. I want God to be real in my life. I don't know about you. I don't want to just read something out of a process. I don't want to just study to stand here and speak at people. I want the true and living God to empower my life so that I know that he and I are working together in this thing called Brian's life. 
And you need to have the same desires. And that's why he gave us his word so we can read about the history of human beings and, and him working with them and how frail they were and how every circumstance, every single circumstance when God's people humbled themselves before him and allowed the power of, of who he is to be evident in their life, such testimony came out of that. Philippians chapter four, verse six through seven says this, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. That part, be anxious for nothing. You're like, well, Brian, I'm anxious about all sorts of things. Well, then my question is, are you trusting God or do you even have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ? You're like, well, that's kind of harsh. Well, I'm like, hey, man, this is, this is where the rubber meets the road. I love that. Be anxious for nothing. Paul writes in Philippians, it's like, but in everything. In other words, not just like, oh, you know, Lord, I need to make rent. Well, that's really important, right? I need this. I need that. Are you praying all the time? God's ear doesn't get tired. Verse 7, I love this. And the peace of God. How many of you need peace? I need peace every day. Not just because I have four kids, but I need peace inside of me. I need peace in my mind. Verse 7, the peace of God. It's not peace of Brian or the peace of some, you know, uh, garbly gook from some health wealth healer person. It's the peace of God. I want God's peace in my life. I don't know about you. And this peace that'll surpass my understanding and your understanding says peace surpasses all understanding will do what? Guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. These are promises that God gives us. And I, I pulled these scriptures out from the New Testament because I wanted to give something to relate to us about prayer in our own lives too. Ephesians 6, 10 through 20, some of you may know this, but this is really important too. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, not in the power of your might or my might or, or whatever else you might put attention to, but it's in the power of his might, his strength, just like Moses and Aaron and her put their attention to God so that he would be strong and that, that, that the power of him would be known. God allowed that to happen with the Israelites. Ephesians 6, 11 says this, put on what? The whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of Satan himself, the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Maybe that's like today. And having done all to stand. See, Moses, Aaron, and Hur did all to stand. Are you doing all to stand for the Lord? Am I? Verse 14, there's that word again, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith 
with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of Satan. Amen. It's not faith in the strength of man. It's not faith in the strength of ministry. It's not faith in the strength of your bank account. It's not faith in the strength of doctors. Do you know that once all of this is said and done, that what's going to really matter is where we stand with God and how our life was pertaining to God calling us as a Christian? Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You know, it's fascinating, and I've heard this said many times, that all of these pieces of armor, nothing is on the back of the warrior. God has given us the ability to stand. Not stand for America, not stand for our country, but to stand for God in the midst of a very evil and perverse world. See, these are forward-facing armaments. God has gifted us to stand and not run away. God gifted the Israelites to stand and not run away. Think about it. The, the, um, uh, the Amalek and all of them came and, and went after the children and the women and ever, all the stragglers. Like the, the, great, the men who were strong leading and carrying everything in front, it, they, they didn't even know what was going on when this battle happened. And so now it's like they went to, and, and went up against them. They didn't run away. Verse 18 says, praying always with, obviously we're not in Exodus, we're in um, Ephesians, sorry. And just so you know, I take the word and put it into notes on paper, and I have the Bible here, and I just want you to know that I'm reading Scripture, obviously. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I read that already. Verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. In other words, never cease praying. Always pray. Always be asking God. Always be banging on the door of God's heaven. It's interesting, Paul switches gears here into verse 19 and 20, but uh, finishing verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being what? Watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So Paul's saying to, to the church of Ephesians, look, pray for all the saints. Are you praying for the saints? Are you praying for other believers? Pray for all the saints. Pray for all believers. Pray for those who don't know the Lord. Pray for God to do miracles. so that he would be glorified, not man. Verse 19 and 20 of Ephesians says, and for me, that I, that utterance may be given to me. In other words, he's switching gears here saying, look, pray for all the saints, but then I need you to be praying for me that I might be able to open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. This is what was occurring in Exodus 17 as Moses was praying for Joshua that Joshua would be bold and successful in this fight against the enemy. Pray for your pastors. Pray for the leaders in the church because Satan hates them and he hates all Christians and he wants us to just shrivel up and die and never stand up and never speak about the Lord. 
And Paul's saying here, look, I need you to be praying for me so that I might be able to make known the mystery of the gospel. Verse 20, for which I am an ambassador in chains. In other words, he is the representation of Christ. He was in chains that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So when I reached out to my brothers this last week, they prayed for me in this way. And they encouraged me in ways that I didn't know I needed to be encouraged. Friends, let, our, let not our pride get in the way. I want to see God move in a mighty way. And if our pride's in the way, he'll just hang out. I don't know that we'll experience things the way we could possibly experience things if our pride's in the way. Colossians 4, verse 2 through 4 says this, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Isn't it fascinating? We see this prayer and then that word vigilant. We don't really think of praying as vigilant. We think of like, oh, right? Like this, this calm, peaceful, you know, oh, oh, you know what I mean? Do you get what I'm saying? But this word vigilant, it's like always be, it's like, man, running a marathon and never giving up. That word vigilance is a very strong word. But then it says, in, be vigilant in it with what? Thanksgiving. Are we thanking God for our clothes, for our food, for everything in our life, for our breath and our lungs? Do we have a, 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 a thankfulness when we pray? Colossians 4.3 says, Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word. Do you see the theme here? To speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains. Paul again writing, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. God could have allowed the Israelites to win against Amalek through Joshua, without them doing any of this on the hilltop. He's God. But I think if that was the way it always was, we would be, detract, we would be de de detached from God. God wants us to know that he wants us to mingle with him through the things in our life, through the things that other people experience in their lives. Just like with Moses and Aaron and her, Moses started out praying. He's the leader of the Israelites, okay? And he was getting tired. So they, hey man, sit down. But don't quit. We're gonna lift your arms up so the prayer can continue. I'm telling you, God's timing's perfect. And when my wife called me and I was just open with her and when she shared what she shared with me, I was like, you're right. I need to rely on other people to pray for me. And so I just want to encourage you guys. You know, a lot of people, they have the statement, oh, only God can judge me. Well, you know what? That's, that's a bunch of garbage. Garbage. 
God wants us to humble ourselves to others and let them help us and maybe judge some of the things that are in our lives. I don't mean condemnation. I mean, when I say judge, I mean the word of like evaluate. Because I can't do this alone. I might want to try. John 15, 5 says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. And then here's the clincher. Jesus is so good at this. God's so good at this. Without me, you can do nothing. What a profound statement. Without me, you can do nothing. See, God doesn't want us to be self-sufficient. He wants us to be relying upon Him. God wants you to know today that you're not alone and that He loves you and that there's others in your life that He may want you to reach out to and pray for, or maybe you need prayer for something. Maybe today's a day. Maybe you need prayer for something. Maybe through this message, the Lord's saying, hey, you know that thing that you wanted to pray, have prayer for? I don't know, you know? But I'll be here and Roy in the back and be happy to pray for you. Same with Elisha. Um, Gina and Danielle or Angelina, be happy to pray with you. And if you're online and you need prayer, you know, um, you can message us and, or call. But uh, let's not miss out on what God wants to have for our lives and do in our lives. We can't be self-sufficient. We need to be praying for each other and lifting each other up, even when we're tired. Have others come alongside of us. So let's go ahead and close in prayer. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for my children. Thank you, Lord, that when we set our selfishness and our pride aside and let you be the banner over us, Lord, and let other believers into our lives to pray with us and for us, God. There's things that happen that we could never, that could never happen otherwise. And um, I just thank you for that, Lord. I pray that uh, you'd help us to be like Aaron and her, Lord, and come alongside others. Maybe you've called some of us to be like Moses and let others come alongside of us. And uh, we just praise you and give you all the glory. Thank you for um, just all that you're doing in our lives, Lord. And uh, thank you, God, that um, you gave us your word, the Bible, and you teach us so much through it. And I pray, Lord, that if there's anything that is not of you in this message, it just fall away. And whatever you desire to stick, Lord, that it would just stay rooted in our hearts, Lord. 
and um, that you just continue to, to grow us in you, Lord. In the areas of our lives, God, that you know might need to be cleaned up, help us. Help us with that, Lord. Just thank you and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.